to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Today, Spiritual Believers, I am continuing the series on Beyond the Blessed Life by Dr. Robert Morris. Chapter 3, Section 3, Your Perspective of Provision. Basically, there is a highway in the Andes. It's the most treacherous and the most dangerous highway in the Andes. And every year, about 200 people fall to their death on this highway. It's, um, it's not a good highway. Anyway, basically, you don't fall to your death, but there are two ditches, two ditches, and Satan doesn't care which ditch you get in, but he wants you in that ditch and he doesn't want you on the highway. Ditch one is the poverty mindset. Money is evil. Um, uh, you stay away from is no good. And that's one ditch. And then the other is the um, prosperity materialism mindset, money and power that, that validates me. And basically it tries to take the place of God both of these ditches, both of these ditches are from the spirit of mammon. Spirit of mammon is a, is a general of, of Satan in the kingdom of darkness. And like I said, he doesn't really care which ditch you get into, but they both are, have the same focus, which is on money itself. Money is neutral. Money is neutral. And God uses it to test your heart to test your heart. So when I say money is neutral, I mean it takes on the character characteristics of the character of the person that is handling the money. So God says in his word, the love of money is is the problem, right? But money is not the problem itself. The poverty mindset, like I said before, money is evil. You're ashamed of the blessings that um you hey Lord God, Yahshua Hamashiach, Lord God Ruha Kadash that they give you. Um the spirit of poverty tells us that stuff comes from the devil. That's not true. The spirit of poverty tells us to be ashamed of our stuff. That's not true. So let's just do a quick little test. And let's see, are you if somebody walks up to you and says you you got a new car. Do you do you downplay it and say, um, oh, you try to say it didn't cost as much or you got it, you got it free or, you know, you try to downplay it instead of saying, thank you so much. God blessed me. Thank you so much. Or how about the other? That's that's a, that's a person who has a, a poverty mindset when you got new clothes or something new. You got to you got to play it down. You know, you, you didn't um, whatever. Now, if you have the other mindset, which is the um, the prosperity mindset, money uh, and materials takes the place of you, hey, by hey, right? Um, you know, you don't, you, you're thinking that the, the more you have validates your position with God, right? And the fuel for materialism are these things. You need more money. You deserve more money. You're incomplete unless you got more money. You'll be happier if you had more money. That's a sure signal of materialism, 
Once again, you need more money. You deserve more money. You're incomplete unless you got more money. You'll be happier if you had more money, etc. But what is the real way? What does Jesus want? What does Abba Father UA Bahi want? What does the Lord God Holy Spirit want? They want us to have a provision mindset. God is our source and he is our only source. God wants us to be mission driven. The kingdom of God agenda is our focus, not ourselves. So um, one of the issues that you hear is like, it's not about what I have or what I don't have. If what I have helps me reach the objectives of the kingdom of God, placing Jesus first, placing the kingdom of God agendas first, then all other things will be added unto me. So that is basically when we say that we're mission mindset, right? So it's very critical that we put God's agenda first. It's not that he doesn't care about us paying our bills or, you know, um, taking care of our families or, of course, God cares about those things. But when you are a provision mindset, a mission mindset, then what you have, if it's if it helps you reach the kingdom of God objectives, all and well. If what you have is a detractor, takes away from you doing the things of God, the um, provi- uh, provision mindset, it's, it's a detraction from the kingdom of God agenda. You get rid of it. That's as simple as that, right? And so we put God first in everything because he loves us and he has redeemed us, right? We are grateful. We receive everything God puts in our hands. That means if God gives me a nice new car, I'm going to, somebody compliments me, I'm going to say, thank you. God is awesome. He blessed me with this car. Uh, I'm not interested in build, making it more than what it is. And I'm not trying to tear it down. I'm just grateful and have an attitude of gratitude towards what God has me. That's a mission mindset, right? Right. Okay. <sighs> you put God first. Okay. So you're grateful. You're a good steward and he can entrust you. So this goes back to the whole premise of this book is about stewardship and being a good steward. And I've already said this again and I'll say it again and again. We are not, we have a judgment when we get to heaven, but it's not about sin. It's about what did we do with the gifts that God has given us? Did we increase, right? Did we what? Increase. So we have to be hold God's blessings in our hands lightly, right? We must be prepared to distribute them wherever He directs us to distribute them, never forgetting that they are His and we are His, right? The believer's identity is, is rooted in being a child of God. Yuhevahe, doing things God's way, Yuhevahe's way results in increase and growth. So once again, 
God expects increase. God expects growth. If you're not seeing increase and growth, you've got a problem. True blessings can only come from relationship with God and becoming the person that he has created us to be for his purpose. Okay, now let's go back to the the, um, mindset of the poverty mindset. Okay, I don't want people to think that simplification is is asceticism. What is asceticism? Asceticism um, in the early church, um, people decided that they wanted to walk away from all the materialism and, all, and they became monks and they went into the desert of Egypt and they started monasteries. So basically St. Francis of Assisi, he had this kind of mindset. Even Mother Teresa, she had taken a vow of poverty although Mother Teresa ended up being a multi-multi-millionaire, billionaire, but she gave everything away. Whatever God put in her hand, she turned it around and gave it to the poor to help them. For example, the Pope gave her a Rolls Royce. She sold it and gave the proceeds to the poor. When she got the Nobel Prize for peace for her work in India, um, Instead of having a dinner, she said, take the money that was for the dinner and let's give it to the poor. So, yes, asceticism is found riddled throughout the the Catholic Church, really. Um, And a a lot of people take the vow of poverty. And so that's really not what God is asking us to do. And there are some scriptures, unfortunately, um, Blessed are the poor, but it says the poor in spirit in the in the great sermon of the Beatitudes, right? Where Jesus basically gives the constitution for the kingdom of heaven, right? And basically, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means that you recognize that you're bankrupt without God. That's what that's about. But how can you help? people if you don't have anything to help them with. I was listening to um, Joni and Rachel, her um, Joni's eldest daughter, and they were talking about their position on money, and um, he, she, the, uh, Rachel brought up a, a good story about her father, Marcus Lamb, where, you know, someone said something like, you need to give it, sell everything and give it to the poor, because God, Jesus did say that to the rich, rich man, the rich young ruler, right? But it wasn't that he was like, he was against wealth. He was against the wealth having the rich young ruler. He could see in the spirit that that was a problem for him. And he invited him to follow him. And like he told Peter, you will give up nothing that you will not receive a hundredfold return for in this life, right? But he was very sad because he had a lot of wealth. That was the problem. So it wasn't that God was against wealth, but he's against people um, relying on that instead of God. Okay. Um, ultimate wealth and blessing with God is God's presence, God's favor, and God's love. That's the ultimate wealth. God's presence, God's Favor, God's love. Okay, that's wealth. 
And those are so precious. They're so precious. I always say it's very hard on wealthy people to be, you know, interface with people a lot because it's hard for wealthy people to know whether or not this person truly likes them or likes what they can do for them. And so it's very important that God has people strategically placed to be friends with wealthy people and not want anything from them, right? Like um, Oprah's Oprah's friend, Gail. You know, Oprah and Gail are, are, I heard a story about Oprah and Gail, and I think it's true, but they were hanging out with girl, you know, you know like girlfriends hang out, and uh, Gail had an electric bill she had to pay. And, they were, you know, you know how it is, people. I know how it is. And... Oprah went into the closet, pulled out one of her jackets, stuck her hands in them. Why the cash came out? Well, Oprah saw the expression on Gail's face. So, you know, and so Oprah tried to give it to her and Gail would not accept it because Gail understood that Oprah needed a friend who wasn't going to be always taking from her. Right. So. Years go by, they're hanging out in the kitchen. Gail softly says on her breath, I wish I knew what it was like to be a millionaire. Softly. Oprah heard her, but didn't say a word because she knew if she had said something to Gail, Gail would have shut her down. But Oprah put, I was told, a million dollars in Gail's account. Why? Because Gail was a true what? Friend. You know, Gail was not trying to get over and rich people find it very hard, wealthy people find it very hard to find people that don't always want something from them. And so, yeah, that's um, that's the real wealth, like I said, is the presence of God, the favor of God, and the love of God. And that money, I mean, that is so precious. Money can never replace or, or take that position in people's lives. The greatest reward is a relationship with God, you hey hey. Good stewards are free to 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 be focused on what you hey wants them to do. It's not about accumulating anything, or you know, it's about being. In a position where you're not entangled by the money. It's not that you're not a good steward because God gives us the power to create wealth, right? So we do have the power to create wealth. But that wealth is for the kingdom, right? And then you have to listen closely to the Holy Spirit and make sure that you are following the Holy Spirit's directive on where that money should go. You know, I listen to um, Daystar and um, Trinity Broadcast Network, to N-Word, wherever God, um, Holy Spirit sends me. And I listen to various ministries. And it has become very, very clear to me that God's resources are unlimited. He finances Karis Bible College. That's uh, hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars of building during economic downturn, that's when God told um, 
Pastor um, Andrew Womack, Minister Andrew Womack, to start Karis Bible College. When everybody was cutting back, he was building. And very strategic, very, God is, God is something else. Of course, building costs were lower because people were out of work. Everything was lower, so he was able to get more bang for his buck because, you know, God financed all that. I, I listen to the various ministries. God finances them all, all of them. And one of the one of the things that I that I'm doing now, and I see men and women of God, and it came on my spirit, is love. Bless the things that God blesses, right? Love the things that God loves, and hate the things that God hates. But God does not hate people. God loves people. Right? Don't hate people. The only reason why, you know, the only reason why you have to hate sin is because the bottom line of sin is it destroys the people. The people that have sin in their life, those sins actually in the end destroy them. And that's why God hates sin because it destroys the things that he loves. It's just, um, it's the mindset of a being a good steward. And even if you're not a good steward right now, this is the time to change 180 degrees and go the opposite direction so that you can be used by the kingdom, by God, not used by God, because God don't use people. But, well, God can, um, I guess, I guess I said, but I don't mean use like being using people because God, he wants you more than he wants what you can do for him. That's what you need to understand about God. The first thing is a personal, intimate relationship with him. And so it's important that you understand that, you know, God wants you before he wants what you can do for him. Like the friend of God, you know, Moses, Abraham, you know, they had intimate, close relationships with God. It's, it is um, very critical that you don't go into either ditch, the poverty mindset or the materialism um prosperity, materialism mindset, that you are provision mindset, mission mindset, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all and all other things shall be added unto you. So this was the um, the chapter that I just went over in um, the class this past Sunday. And it's critical because we're trying to set the foundations because it's made very clear to me that everyone that comes to this class, God is getting ready to give them a major, major increase in their finances, right? That is going to happen. But the issue is, can you hold on to it? Can you be a good steward of it? Because one of the issues, um, of having a lot of money is that you're going to have the bird of praise. You're going to have people coming to try to take your, um, 
your money or divert it different places so that it's not getting to the kingdom. And so that's kind of what that is all about. It's um, critical that we understand that the true blessings can only come from relationship with God and becoming the person he has created us to be for his purposes, right? And make sure that you are not fueling materialism in your life. You need you need more. You deserve more. You are incomplete unless you get more. You'll be happier if you had more, you know. And you know, you know that those that doesn't work. And um, I think there was I think I did it in the last um, session that I did the Sunday before, but I want to do it one more time because I think it's so powerful. Okay, so I'm going to read some quotes and then I'm going to connect it to the to the man or woman that it's attributed to. Okay, I have more. I have made millions, but they have not brought me happiness. Guess who said that? John D. Rockefeller, Fortune and Fortune 500, founder of Standard Oil, richest person in history. Okay, um, number two, the care of 200 million is enough to kill anyone. There's no pleasure in it. W.H. Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt family, railroads, tycoon, world's richest man in 1877. I am the most miserable man on earth. John Jacob Astor, America's first multimillionaire. And also, he died on the Titanic. I was happier when I was doing mechanics job. Henry Ford, founder of Ford Motor Company. Five, millionaires seldom smile. Andrew Carnegie, industrialist, second richest man in history. This is around, the, they were contemporary John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie. So, yeah. It goes to show you that money cannot make you happy, right? But money can help if you are let the Holy Spirit direct you in how you handle money. But let's make this perfectly clear. Money is just a tester. Money is a tester to God, for, for, from God to see where your heart is. When you get your paycheck, what is the first thing that you do? The first thing I do is I take the tithe and offerings off the top first because God is first. I do gross, not net. I'm not telling you to do gross. And I put it in a holy account to write my tithe and offering check on Sunday when I give my tithe and offerings. That's just the way. I Was I always like this? No. Do I get tested on this from time to time? Yes. I don't care how long you've been tithing. There's always something that will try to test you 
on your resolve on putting God first. If you can be faithful over a little, God can make you a ruler over much. Money is little to God. Just think about heaven. The streets are made of gold, translucent gold, thick. <laughs> it's not a big, you, precious stones are in the gates, right? So we need to understand that we can get, we cannot get in either ditch. Both of them are controlled by the spirit of mammon. Why? Because both of them have people focusing on money. Like money is a savior. You know, in the beginning, like everybody else, I had issues, you know, the jobs, job opportunities. You looked at how much money was offered. And that was one of the guiding principles of why you chose what you chose. But that's, it's not, that's not the way. You can't follow the money. You have to follow the Holy Spirit, right? And those people who follow the Holy Spirit, money is not going to ever be, because God is a provision person. God will provide, right? When we define God's love for us in financial terms, suspect that God loves us more when we have more money and wonder if he loves us when our bank account is low, we're serving mammon instead of God. God doesn't, God doesn't work like that, right? So you need to understand that God is a provision mindset and he is our source, our only source. The middle of the road, living on mission, okay? You put God first in everything because he loves me. And he has redeemed me. He loves us and he has redeemed us. We are grateful to receive everything God puts in our hands. We are good stewards. We are faithful with what he has entrusted us with. We hold his blessings with an open hand, prepared to give to distribute them as he directs. Never forgetting that they are his and we are his. I had heard about, I didn't, I didn't know this story. I just heard this story recently about J.C. Penney's. J.C. Penney was a hot dog vendor. And J.C. Penney, like several other people, told God when he tithed, why do you get 10% and I get 90%? You should get the 90% and I'll live on the 10%. And everybody who's had that kind of mindset, everybody who's had that kind of heart, God has made them made that 10% that they kept and made them into a multimillionaire. As a matter of fact, John D. Rockefeller, Kraft, um, they basically would, um, was tithing almost 100% of everything they had towards the end of their lives. So I want to stop here because I could go on and on and on. We will continue this, these lessons, building these foundations so that when this, this great wealth transfer to the kingdom of God's people happens, you are prepared to handle 
this kind of money. Okay? Okay, Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Dr. Edith Davis. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord.